Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Starseed Radio Academy, empowering Starseed to better serve the planet. Welcome to Starseed Radio Academy. It's Tuesday, December 13th, 2016, and I'm your host, Ariel Taylor, with my co-hosts, Lavendar and Anastasia. We have two trips to Arkansas coming up, one in March for Spring Equinox, which is Athena's birthday, and the other in May for Pleiadian Lineup. This Starseed Gathering is a sole family reunion and eligibility requires having at least one star marking at galactic degree, which is 25, 26, or 27 degrees of any sign. This is a new four-day event redesigned to bring all Starseeds to their next level of activation. And if you feel the call of the crystals and a desire to reunite with your starseed family, you can register for either our Spring Equinox Athena's Birthday Gathering, which is March 17th through the 20th, or the next one for Pleiadian Lineup in May 19th through the 22nd. And write to crystals, that's plural, crystals, C-R-Y-S-T-A-L-S, at starseedhotline.com. And keep in mind that Mercury will go retrograde on December 19th, so if electronics are on your Christmas shopping list, be sure to buy them by the 16th to avoid possible problems with those things. Our special guest tonight is Deirdre Hayde, and since her early years in Memphis, Deirdre has been an artist, a visionary, writing poetry and conversing with the mystical worlds. At 16, when her mother was diagnosed with terminal breast cancer, Deirdre discovered the healing power of light, enabling her mother to live 13 years longer than expected. As the founder of Radiance Healing and Meditation, Deirdre has guided people worldwide, teaching them to harness their own inner wisdom and healing potential. She's currently writing her story of life as a modern-day mystic. Deirdre is dedicated to teaching the understanding of the true divine energy of woman and how this energy works in balance with the energy of man to create peace and healing. Her book, The Not-So-Little Book of Surprises, was co-written with her husband, William Arntz, who's the creator, producer, and director of the acclaimed movie, What the Bleep Do We Know? And the images are those of Andre Bailoff. This wonderful book uses surprise as the doorway to transformation. And if you want to learn more, you can visit her website at Deirdre, and that's spelled D-E-I-R-D-R-E-H-A-D-E dot com. And we would like to thank Fiona and Vanya. I don't see Fiona here quite yet, but thank you, Vanya, for hosting the switchboard this evening for those who might have a question or comment for Deirdre. If you'd like to chat with like-minded people, we have an online Starseed community at starseedhotline.ning.com, and it's a safe place to connect with other Starseeds, thanks to Tammy's dedication and help with our forum. If you'd like to download any show in our archives, you can do that right from our Blog Talk Radio episode page using the cloud with an arrow on it, or you can also find us on iTunes. We'd appreciate your support of our show, and you can do that by clicking follow on our page here at Blog Talk, and you'll get our weekly show notices. 
The toll-free number for StarseedHotline.com is 888-881-0881. The Stage 1 Starseed confirmations are based on Lavendar's discovery of star markings in your natal astrological chart, and the Stage 2 session is a one-on-one phone session available with Lavendar, Anastasia, or myself. For those who need healing of any kind for yourself or your pets, Tammy's powerful remote sessions will help. And if you have a birthday coming up, you don't want to miss out on your 10 hours of power. You can find out when that happens by requesting your solar return timing. And then if you want an interpretation of that chart, please order it at least two or three months ahead of time so you may get it in before your 10 hours. So first this evening, I would like to introduce Anastasia with her wonderful Starseed News. Hello, Anastasia. Good evening, Ariel. Good evening, Starseed listeners. It's great to be with you tonight. Uh, tonight's full moon, by the way, is a peregrine moon. Now, if you think tonight's moon seems a bit bigger and brighter than usual, well, you're going to be right. It is a peregrine moon, which is about 14% bigger and 30% brighter than lesser full moons that we've seen before. Now, the moon's orbit is an ellipse with one side, which is called the perigree, about 50,000 kilometers closer than the other, which is the apogee. And perigree moons are also known as supermoons. This is the third month in a row that we've had one. Pretty amazing. We are also in the peak of the Geminid meteor shower this week. And uh, along with the full moon, that means that lunar glare will be so intense tonight and tomorrow night, just as the shower peaks. They say that bright moonlight will wipe out the normal profusion of faint geminids, reducing meteor counts to more than fivefold. So if you're going to go out meteor looking, you won't see quite as many, perhaps. Well, here is a fascinating story. You know, as we've seen technology evolve, we've noticed that things get smaller and smaller. What used to take an entire room or perhaps a warehouse to house a computer uh, now, <laughs> you know, uh, your credit card holds a computer chip. Everything's getting tiny. Well, now NASA is working with Stephen Hawking to develop nano starship, a nano starship capable of traveling at 20% the speed of light. That's right. NASA and a team of scientists, including Stephen Hawking, is developing this nano starship that's going to be made from a single silicon chip that can travel, yes, again, uh, one-fifth the speed of light. Now, in theory, this little tiny spacecraft would arrive at Earth's closest star system, Alpha Centauri, in 20 years. That's 100 times faster than a, spe- than a conventional spacecraft uh, could achieve. And Hawking announced this groundbreaking project back in April, and they are aiming to slash interstellar space exploration uh, by using lasers to propel nanospacecraft uh, that essentially are the size of a postage stamp, and they're going to call them star chips. What do you think about that? Now, they say that this little uh, starship is going to face major obstacles such as radiation, but they say that they're working on it, and they hope to be able to figure that out. A nano starship. Well, I guess it's just going to gather data, which would be really cool, but no room for passengers on that one unless they could develop maybe a shrinking machine, you know, uh, to make us really tiny. But that is just fascinating that they are going to start that way. Who knows where that will take us. And uh, this is, uh, isn't that something, really? I mean, they're just going to send this little chip into space propelled by a laser. 
Wow. Wow. Well, this is a, a, an article of particular interest to Starseed, and I've got to tell you, it was a very complicated article. Had I really gone over it in detail, you'd all be snoring by the end of the cast, okay? So I had to edit it a bit, and I hope that I've done a good job. I'm going to try to explain to you what's been discovered. But one of the rarest crystals on Earth has been found in a Russian meteorite. Now, physicists uncovered an, what they're saying is an ultra-rare quasi-crystal in a piece of Russian meteorite, and it's only the third time ever that they've ever found one of these very abnormal, strange materials in nature. Now, these quasi-crystals originate in outer space. Of course, they come from meteors, and for decades, their existence was dismissed as utterly impossible, and actually, uh, it cost the scientist who first discovered them his job. Uh, he was laughed out of the laboratory. Well, a quasi-crystal consists of an entirely unique atomic structure that basically combines the symmetrical properties of a crystal and the chaos of an amorphous solid. Now, here is where Anastasia kind of edited a lot of stuff out. But I will tell you that regular crystals, such as snowflakes and diamonds, and even table salt, are made up of their atoms, which are arranged in a near-perfect symmetry. But what makes quasi-crystals so unlikely uh, is that for almost 200 years, perfect symmetry in atomic stru structures was believed to follow a very strict set of rules, our rules of physics. But quasi-crystals are very different. Uh, they don't stop at a fourfold rotational symmetry. They have a five-fold rotational symmetry. And synthetic quasi-crystals are now being built into everything from frying pans to LED lights. But what we're talking about here, which has been discovered, is not a synthetic quasi-crystal, but one created in nature. And it is stunning physicists. Uh, they are made of aluminum, copper, and iron atoms. And they are arranged like the pentagon shape pattern on a soccer ball. Now, uh, this is the first time that they've been found in nature. And uh, even though they've, well, I did say three times before, anyway, it is a rare finding, whether it was the first or the third. And they say that um, this is actually an entirely new form of matter. And when you look at the pictures, I would encourage all of you Starseed to Google this, quasi-crystal. Check out these pictures. Um, they are so hyperdimensional in appearance. Uh, the way they come together, uh, they don't meet perfectly on the side. I can't explain it. You just have to look at the picture. So all of you go Google that and see what you think about that. It's just absolutely fascinating. And I think it is really metaphysical and very Starseed-ish, really interesting stuff. I think we're probably, well, I'll just say it looks so hyperdimensional, so check that out. Well, we sure have been having a lot of earthquakes uh, going on, and enormous earthquakes have been occurring on both sides of the Pacific. And uh, uh, experts are telling us that, you know, the way it's going, the San Andreas could unzip all at once. And really, why is the earth shaking so much all of a sudden? Well, you know, there's been earthquakes forever and, and a lot in the last number of years, but Recently, in the last month specifically, there have just been dozens of quakes right along the Ring of Fire. And, uh, you know, we had that magnitude 6.5 earthquake that struck off the coast of Humboldt County in California, followed uh, later uh, in the day, same day, by a magnitude 7.8 in the Solomon Islands. 
Now, experts aren't sure what to make all of this, but they are warning, again, that the big one uh, could strike the uh, West Coast literally any time. Of course, that's a lot of fear talking, but perhaps it is also scientific concern. Just a lot happening. We did have a shallow 5.7 magnitude earthquake that hit the uh, uh, Central East Pacific rise just yesterday, and uh, we've had a whole bunch more, which I'll get to in a minute. We've had a lot of... Uh, uh, floods, water, snow, and ice across the planet. Uh, floods have been wrecking havoc in northern Jamaica. They've had heavy rain a couple of days ago that caused flooding. Roads have been damaged by flood water. Some areas have been cut off. There's been damage to dwellings, but no injuries or fatalities have been reported, thank goodness. And in, in, in uh, uh, India, we've had a cyclone Varda that is uh, threatening that country with heavy rain and flooding. As it moves inland, they are looking for a rise of streams and, and uh, small rivers. Um, they said that there will be strong winds, uh, trees falling, uh, structure damage, probably downed power lines with outages in India. And it's um, it's uh, in a lot of uh, it's in a little populated area. One wonders how much power they have there, but they obviously have some. And uh, in those kinds of countries, they're so much more prone to. Uh, problems because they don't have the kind of building structures that we have. So uh, what might be minor in our country is often major in some of these other places. Well, do you live in Nebraska? Did you hear it? Well, there were loud mystery booms that echoed through Nebraska on Monday. Uh, local law enforcement uh, couldn't find out where these booms originated. Police checked the areas. Nothing suspicious was located. Residents have reported two massive boom sounds that happened about 10 minutes apart. Offutt Air Force Base said that they heard the boom as well, but they didn't have any planes in the air at that time, and no one knows the origins of the, no of the noise. We've had 120 small earthquakes shake Mount St. Helens in less than a week. Uh, we had four swarms of more than 120 earthquakes that shook Mount St. Helens. Uh, they were too small to be felt, but uh, scientists say that this reveals the volcano is likely recharging. The earthquakes were very, very small. Uh, the largest was magnitude 0 0.5, but uh, 120 is a lot. And in central New Zealand, we also had two more quakes. And what's interesting about those is uh, two quakes in two minutes. Uh, small, relatively, 4.1 and a 4.7, but not insignificant. I don't often report on these kinds of stories because I find them to be a bit of a downer, but there has been an increase in um, deformities among animals that have been born across the planet. And I thought I would bring this one to your attention today simply because, well, it's unique and um, it's, it's thought-provoking. There's been a piglet born in China with the face of a monkey. Now, the piglet was one of eight from a litter that survived. Um, uh, I guess one out of eight. No, excuse me, I beg your pardon. A litter of 15. And eight of those piglets survived, and one of them had this deformity. And uh, it was uh, such an odd little pig that, of course, it, it has a completely different face. It was unable to, to nurse at its mother. It had to be taken uh, under a care by a farmer woman who was nursing it. Um, you really ought to see that picture. It is a pig's body with uh, eyes of a monkey, 
a flat nose. Now, mind you, pigs have snouts. This pig has a flat nose and mouth that looks human or perhaps even uh, simian. More human, I think, than simian. Very, very odd. But you know what? Why I'm reporting this story? It's not the first time that this kind of news has crossed my desk. Um, Pigs uh, are being born throughout the world that look like monkeys. It's been reported in Cuba, South America, all the way to China. Um, Really odd and really, really concerning. Uh, We remember, you know, that there were these kinds of deformities in Atlantis. Um, Anyway, it seems to be happening now. Scientists don't know if it's due to um, toxins, but boy, oh boy, this looks to me more like genetic uh, tinkering. When you see the pictures, uh, you'll know what I mean. Well, you know, we've been talking about the North Dakota pipeline protests, but were you aware that North Dakota has had a number of pipeline spills already this year? Do you all know that? I don't think mainstream news is reporting it. But a pipeline in North Dakota spilled, this is just one, by the way, there have been others, uh, has spilled over 176,000 gallons of oil before it was shut down, according to state officials. Now, this spill happened 150 miles away from the protests. Uh, They had a blizzard up there last week that hampered the efforts to assess any damage, and the authorities at that time, uh, this actually is today's press, uh, the authorities as of this time have no estimate on on when or uh, how they'll get it operational. And it, it's not clear what caused the spill. Uh, the company officials are saying that the hillside uh, is sloughed, uh, meaning that in the, in the weather the, the moisture caused the hillside to collapse, and they say that that could have broken the pipeline. Mm, who knows? Nobody knows. But when we understand that there have been several spills in North Dakota uh, recently, um, that adds uh, uh, increasing uh, imperative, perhaps, for the protests that are going on, is if we needed more initiative uh, to do that. But I really didn't think that the mainstream press was covering that, so I thought I would pass that along. Certainly the concern over the pipeline is not without precedent. And, in fact, uh, one of these leaks, not the one that I'm mentioning now, uh, one of these leaks was what sparked the uh, 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 government agencies to claim that perhaps uh, they didn't assess the safety of it uh, carefully enough, and, and they were going to reassess, uh, leading to that legal battle. Um, anyway, that's what's going on. So they have been having problems. And by the way, uh, reports are that it has contaminated water and certainly property on another pipeline spill uh, where a man found his uh, farmland uh, soaked in oil. Uh, he will not be able to use his land for decades. So anyway, there you have it. Well, you Facebook uh, users, any of you out there uh, use Facebook? Most people do. Um, Facebook has began testing its uh, new tools to carry out its censorship plan with the convenient name of uh, Tackling Fake News. Now, one of the tools being tested will enable users to inform Facebook if certain news stories are being used to uh, manipulate uh, people by using misleading misleading language, misleading language. So there you have it. So our quote for the week, I think this is appropriate, and it's by Oscar Wilde, and he said, disobedience in the eyes of anyone who has read history is humanity's original virtue. It is through disobedience that progress has been made 
through disobedience and through rebellion. So that's it. Tonight's news from my heart to yours, listeners. Have a most beautiful week. And thank you, Ariel. And thank you so much. Thank you so much, Anastasia. And um, I think we ought to mention that um, we will be uh, off the air next week and the following week to spend oh, time yes. with friends and family for Christmas. So it'll yes. be um, it'll be after the first of the year before we come back. So have a great, great holiday, Anastasia. Thank you. Well, from my heart to yours for the next three weeks then. How's that? It'll last that long. <laughs> it's got enough energy. <laughs> it's a big Thanks wave. So It'll much. carry far. <laughs> okay, love to you all, and happy holidays from me to you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. Well, um, Lavendar, let me get your mic open, and Deirdre, I will come to you and get your mic open. Okay. All right, Deirdre, welcome to the show. We're happy to have you with us this evening. And Lavendar is going to kick it off for us. So, Lavendar, are you there? Yes, I am. <clears throat> well, I love okay, this great. book. This is one of the best picture books I've ever seen, and I'm just thrilled that you sent me a copy of it. So I want you to tell me, girl, how did this all come about? <laughs> I will. Well, Lavendar, thank you so much for having me. I'm really, really blessed to be here today. I really enjoyed oh, the news of Anastasia. It was just enlightening. And I love this, Starseeds. Wow. Well, this book is all about Starseeds, and every quote in there is a Starseed message. Um, It's a message for enlightenment. There are codes that were given to me from uh, the beings of light, the angels, the intergalactic beings of light, and the council that really, really needs for humanity for all of us to become awake and become empowered to uh, change this holographic uh, message that has been has created our world in disharmony, and I know that all of your uh, listeners are are these these beings that are here to do this. So I feel like this is our book. Um, my husband actually, uh, Will Arndt, who who made the movie What the Bleep Do We Know took about 10 years of my um, the information I've received in, in my visions of the uh, light beings and other worlds and what their messages were for us. And he, he went through, uh, I have thousands of pages, and he pulled out what he thought the world needed to hear today, what we need, and uh, he put it together in this book. Um, Along with the poetry, the the divine poetry, and and I'm just was so happy and grateful to him for what he did. He made it so that it would be an hour and a half read. It would be like a movie, and of course, the photography of Andre Bolog makes every page like a cinematographic. I wanted to ask you about the photographer because the pictures are just pristine. They are, and Andre Balog is a good friend of mine. I've known him for years and years, and uh, he's a very spiritual man. Uh, he's a violinist, a concert violinist, and he, um, when he takes photos, he really captures the soul and energy of something. He also creates these images of sacred geometry, and the whole, the cover of the book, the back of the book, that's his imagery that he, that he created um, on the computer. 
So he's a very special man, and it just turns out he had 3,000 photos no one had seen, and I had volumes and volumes of, of, of writings and transcriptions that only a few people have ever read, and Will came along and put it all together. So Will always says that this book took 10 years and, and six months to make. <laughs> wow. I mean, this is a, uh, a book that you would have on your coffee table for, for friends and relatives that visit you. I, mm-hmm. I could see this being in doctor's offices or in schools. I would love to see every library to have one of these. Oh, every li- would, every well, library should have one of these books. Every In every school library, we, you know, we said we made this book as a, it's a picture book for adults um, or it's or it's a children's book for adults or an adult's book for children. Um, many, you know, of the children today uh, really are the star beings, and I wanted to create a book that if their parents had it on the coffee table, they'd pick it up and say, I want to read it, and then they'd read something, and it would empower them to stay true to who they know they are. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I'd like to know a little bit about you, if you would mind telling us uh, how you came into your spiritual knowing, and have you had any ET contacts or anything that you could share with us? Well, yes, I uh, I would I would say that my ET contacts are with the angelic order and the ascended masters. Um, I've been very close with the Pleiadians. Um, I've spoken to them on many occasions. Uh, the beings from Cirrus B. And um, I've been very, very gifted in the sense that since the age of three, I have seen these uh, these other beings with my eyes, experienced them, um, and had visions. Um, my first vision when I was three years old, I was standing in front of a pine tree. And at that age, I always thought that the trees and the animals were people, too meaning I remember I couldn't tell, say, oh, that's a human, meaning everybody talked to me and I talked to everybody, and I thought we were all the same. I could not, I did not know there was, oh, humans, oh, we're different, or trees and animals, you know, they don't think the way we do. In my mind, they did talk and I talked to them, and I was in front of this pine tree, talking to the pine tree, and um, a cloud opened up, and I saw a truck running over the tent of my a baby brother. He'd just been born. And my parents were off. I knew that. And I, I just remember I ran. I didn't think. I just ran into the tent. I picked up my brother. I ran out of the tent. And the next thing that happened is a, tr- a pickup truck ran over the tent and ran into the tree where I was standing, and a group of kids at the campground had gotten into their family, into the pickup, and released the brake. So this was, you know, in 1963, 64, so uh, cars would do that. So uh, my parents came running around, and, and I, was tr- I remember I was trying to tell them what happened because they were crying and saying what a miracle it was, and they were so great, and they kept saying, how did Deirdre get Kirby out of the tent? How did she know? How? And I kept trying to tell my parents, what had happened about the vision, except that I remember as clear as day, I was so frustrated because I couldn't speak English. I I had a language, and it was very fast, and, and I thought English was so slow and cumbersome. 
I said, I'll never learn how to speak in this strange language. I wish they could understand my language where I'm from. <laughs> so, so what What was your language? What was it? Well, my full memory and I, my parents, I wish they were still here today because they know all this and they were always very protective of me. Um, I told my parents, uh, and as I was older, my parents said, yes, when you were little, you told us this. I said, I have my own language. I'm from uh, another star system, another planet, and this is our language, and um, uh, this is what we speak there. And I remember I would try to teach my parents the language, but they couldn't get it. But my father wrote down some of the words I said. He wrote them in his journal for my language, and a couple of the words, because I don't remember now the name of the language, but because he, me growing up, he would show me this. He'd say, these were the, these were the, the language you were trying to teach us. Uh, one of them it said, Royster, Doyster, Okanawancha, or something like that. And I, I, it was so funny because I grew up with that, but as I got older, I couldn't remember the language anymore. I just remembered that I had a language when I was born. So I kind of came in this way, um, and then, uh, you know, of course, being born in America and being so different, uh, I had a really hard time um, growing up. I, I went into some very dark, dark times of really feeling like I, you know, I shouldn't be here, and where am I? This is a strange world, and um, but I always stayed close to God and eventually found my way out. Uh, to begin to share with people uh, the knowledge that was given to me, and I've been doing that now for you know a good a good while. So in school, um, what did you excel at? Did you excel at, at writing or speaking? Um, yes, I What was your talent growing up in school? What mm-hmm, did you want to do I, when you got older? Did you know? Yes, I excelled at writing, at um, at dancing. I loved dancing, um, and I loved performing. So those were all the things I was really interested in. Um, Since a very early age, I started praying, um, and prayer was always uh, the most important thing to me. Um, It wasn't something I'd learned from anyone. I just knew it was something I needed to do a lot of. Yeah. Uh, and and that's what I've been doing my whole life is really praying, spending a lot of time praying. Back to your book. I noticed that on page 22, I find this very interesting. You wrote, God actually wrote a map, a code, so that you could enter into God's joy, happiness, and bliss whenever you want to. Please elaborate to our listeners what you meant by this. Yes, I would be glad to. So in... From my experience of being a healer for for my whole lifetime and the thousands of people I've worked with and then my own information that I've been given, what I see is that inside of our DNA, in the mitochondria, in the DNA, we have a code. There's a pattern, and that's the pattern, the healing pattern, the whole pattern of who we are, fully connected to source in bliss and joy. And in my prayers and meditation, uh, God showed me how to attain, how to reach that, how to touch that, so that I could go there during difficult times when difficulty and pain happens in this world to help me stay kind of up and out of it, stay in that higher frequency. And when I found this in myself, 
I started doing healing sessions uh, and working with groups. People would have these experiences of this deep peace and this connection to all that is, a connection to God, a sense of knowingness. And I realized uh, through my sight, my kind of spiritual psychic sight, that we all have this code. There is a map in every single one of us, a personal map to being connected to the all-loving source. But that this map has been covered and the doorways into the map have been covered. Some people might have a part of the map open. You know, they may have access to a piece of it and then they, they'll hit a wall. They can't get any farther. But I realize we all have this. And part of the reason for the book, uh, Lavender, is to give to you the the keys to opening your own personal map. And all the keys are in this book. Well, it's written in code. That's why. It's written in code. That is correct. <laughs> because that's the way the light beings speak. They speak in code. And if you meditate, I really encourage everyone when you get this book to open to a page like this page you pulled open and to meditate on that picture of God's eye to meditate on that path and to meditate on the words because these words are coded and the the doorways the keys will be unlocked they will this there is magic in this book uh, we've had extraordinary um people emailing these extraordinary experiences um of the truths that are in the book and there it's an energy this is an energetic book it's a living book that i agree with because mm-hmm. every page has a, has a code that matches the code on the next on the on the first page you read the codes they're synchronized is what i'm saying they are synchronized and i so appreciate you getting this i'm, I'm going to tell my husband will who who's truly genius in his own right when he went into these thousands of pages of volumes to pull out the these these quotes and he got divine direction to do this he went into a trance and he did it in three to four days around the clock. He didn't sleep. He wouldn't let me in the room. He said, I have to do this by myself. And I knew, I said, well, God knows that because the material didn't come through you, you have a clear channel of what's supposed to be pulled out, whereas I don't. <laughs> so I said, go for it. And I didn't disturb him. And in four days, he pulled, he said, these are the quotes that we're supposed to put in the world. And because he's a mathematician, a brilliant mathematician, and he's a physicist, um, I feel that that gift he has, he was able to string these together. He choreographed them so that each one unfolded into another, and these codes build upon themselves. I see Uh, that. Well, he went into his natural state, his rites of passage, and then he just knew that he was um, gathering the codes of creation. Yes, and I'm, I'm looking right now right. at page 116, mm-hmm. and it's, it's a picture of an eye and diamonds. Yes. Oh, my goodness. What an activation that has for me looking at it. It's like it, it wants to take me somewhere, but I know I can't go anywhere right now because I'm talking to you. <laughs> right, exactly. And this, now again, now Will, uh, Andre had this incredible photography of the eye with the sacred geometry. And the the um, different 
universes and Will said you you know, Will directed Andre with exactly how he wanted the diamonds to be. He Amazing. said he had a vision of how it needed to be. And it, it's so powerful. And that image of you are diamonds in the eyes of God, that came to me directly from God um, during one of my uh, teaching seminars. I saw the eye, and I felt, and I just looked at everyone. I said, oh, my, God wants me, wants you to know that all God sees is that you are diamonds. You are diamonds in the eyes of God. That's all God sees. That's how pure you are. That's how God sees you. Um, and I loved how that page turned out. I love another page um, mm-hmm. in the in the honey jars. Yes. Tell us a little bit about what happened with the honey jars. I sure will. Well, in the honey jars uh, is the spine of the book, and Will Will chose this uh, poem. I was very flattered. He chose uh, this poem. I wrote it about three years ago. Um, I was in a meditation, and I I just saw this honey jar, and I heard a voice, and this voice said, am I really alive? Am I really here? And I started writing, and I wrote furiously, very fast. And these first three sections came out uh, of the honey jars. Um, I asked, I said, who, who is this, you know, who are, who's writing this poem? And and the being said, well, I'm a, an avatar, a prophet, and uh, I have I lived on Earth, and I have wandered throughout creation, expanding my being to know you know who I am, all that is. And he said, well, and I I have a message. And so um, that was the poem, and I read the poem, I shared it, and several. Uh, a good friend of mine, Lauren, read it, and she loved. She made a movie about it, <laughs> about the poem, and and that was that. I just had the poem, and then a couple of years later, I heard the voice again. This really powerful voice, and um, the voice said, uh, "You know, I I took the corner of my being, and alongside the honeybees, I became a slice of falling light." So because the poem is a story of how this great being who's living out on the edge of the galaxy in another uh, star system, that the bees come in distress to say, come back to Earth. And this being realizes um, that time, a lot of time has passed, and this being needs to come back to Earth. And so the being says, "Um, I remembered who is to what, what is to why, why is to that the reason of I, and who, what, uh, why, and that. Those are those are the four questions of the four worlds, uh, and the being says, "So I I took off a slice of myself and became a slice of falling light," and then it goes into the story. And then in the vision, I saw this mother and a child, and I saw that they were out in the country, and that they didn't have they had only a little bit of honey left in their jar honey jar that they'd saved for Christmas, and that they didn't have any food, and the mother said to the to the son, you know, don't worry, you know, food will come, a miracle will come. And the boy looks outside the window and he sees a shooting star. And he runs outside to see the shooting star and the star is this being that had had dictated this poem to me. And he sees this this angel and he runs after this angel. And um uh the angel 
you know, puts his arm around him, and then the mother comes and she sees this. She and she runs after the boy, and the boy, the mother and the son, become, you know, the mother and the and the Christ, Mother Mary and the Christ. And the end of the the poem uh, is that is Isaiah, and Isaiah is saying um, that I have returned, and Isaiah said I'm coming. I mean, this is the prophecy. He said I'm coming. He told me that, and he said his words, um, "Be still and know that I am here now," which is the words of creation. And then at the end of the poem, uh, he gives the prophecy of the pro- of what's coming and the prophets of the coming age, the light that there is a great light that is going to sustain us while we go through a period of darkness. Um, and this light is our rebirth. So that that's the honey jars. That's where it came from. And it is a coded poem. Uh, if you study it and you read it, there are there is a piece of the map for you from the prophet Isaiah in this poem. It's amazing. I, I was just wondering about the honeybees and and how that so many things are happening now for us to focus on the honeybee on the planet and how some of them are dying off and and I don't know if it's cell phone towers or chemicals or what's destroying them, but I really feel strongly that we need to get a handle on the honeybees because without them, we could perish on the planet. Well, that's absolutely true, and that is also part of the message of, of the poem, that the the bees hold, you know, every living thing, every living creation holds a a piece of consciousness holds a piece of God. And when we lose one piece of that, the rest of God in this world begins to collapse. The honeybees hold the frequency. They're, the energy of the honeybee is of wisdom. They're the keepers of wisdom. They're the keepers of of the Shekinah, or the light of Mother Earth, the sweet, the golden light, the amber light, which is associated with Mary Magdalene. The honeybees, when they're in their hive, when they're together, they're collecting their pollen, they're making honey. They're the sacred alchemists that are creating the sweetness, the nurturing light of the Divine Mother God. Uh, And they're doing this for all of us. And when we lose the honeybees, we are going to lose a part of ourselves. And they came. They came to Isaiah. They, their spirit went to the to Isaiah to say, "Please come help us, uh, Earth. The humans they need us. They need you. We need a miracle because we are dying. And and the honeybees are in trouble. Um, we need to all very much send the prayers to our dear brothers and sisters of the bees, the bee kingdom." to help them stay here. Now, there's been times when I've been out in the woods and uh, for long periods of time, you know, in meditation or, or doing the work that I do, and bees would come up and just really just come right up to my, about six inches away from my nose and just sit there. And, <laughs> and finally, I said, okay, you must be the good news bee. Yes. <laughs> You're bringing me good news. And they would just flutter and flutter, and then I'd write something very profound right after I would say that to them. <laughs> so I had oh, how beautiful. Well, they that's because of you know who you are and the great love and the frequency of why you hold. They came to 
say thank you. <laughs> That's a good news. The good news. Uh, good news, bees. I love that. And then when I was down in Yucatan, I was on my way to, to I believe the Copa um, Pyramid, and mm-hmm. people started. Uh, shouting at me saying look above your head look above your head and I couldn't look above my head I mean right. it was like you can't see on top of your head right, right. and some bees had formed a figure eight and were <gasps> just staying in the figure eight as I walked <laughs> oh beautiful. No, I that was very unusual well that is unusual and you know the eight is the figure of of infinity of union between the two worlds. I talk in the uh, Book of Surprises about the sister world that is right on the other side of the veil of our world, the sister world of light, where the the, the perfection of everything exists simultaneously and that we we just need to learn how to open the door to that sister world so the two worlds become one. And I see that that, that eight above your head really was were the the bees um, working with you and your channel of light of your soul uh, to be one of those individuals that is a bridge between the two worlds? Our world of that is broken. <laughs> lots of light here, but we're, it's a broken world. It's the world of suffering and the world of pure light where there is no suffering. And you, you're one of the bridges between these two worlds. And it did happen on November 18th, which is the the apex of Pleiadian lineup. So it was on a very important day in Utah. Very important. Years ago. I wanted to talk about, on page 16, you talk about the paradox uh, you mention in the book. You are separate from every other mind. You are at the same time one with every other mind, every other thing in the universe. Could you expand on that a little bit? Yes, uh, I can. I would love to. Um, this is an experience when I, I've had several different, many, many throughout my life, different experiences of being everything in the universe, basically, not having no sense of self. And from that experience, I realized that that we are the paradox, meaning the left brain, the ego mind that we have to get our task done, cannot process the true state of being. And so in order to to have that union we want to have, we have to begin to have a different kind of thinking. It's a thinking that's akin to the way the bees think, the trees think, nature thinks. They, they think differently than we do. It's a different vibration. Um, and in that place of, of different, this different kind of thought where you will experience that, yes, you're one with everything, but you are unique and you are individual. And it's it's very important because I think there's some misunderstanding that when you achieve oneness or experience of non-duality, that you're just going to have no, there's like no personality. There's And that's just not the way it is. Um, you still have your personality, you're still you, but you're also everything else. And that's really the true reality of how we live. And the key is opening the doors so we can experience where we are already. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. I approach it with my clients. I find their masterships in their astrological chart. Mm -hmm. And I certainly believe that if 
once someone has mastered something in another lifetime, it's like riding a bicycle. You never quite forget how to do that. So I say to them, just sip that credit card of your soul and say, you, come here. I need you now. And that's what I start working with my clients on their masterships. I don't ever look at their their debits in, uh, mm-hmm. in their bank account. I look at their credits. I try to take their credits and take them further. That's, I and that's love kind that. of what you were talking about. You know, bringing that energy of all that is into into the beingness of the one. Exactly, and and also when you do that, you are remembering now a part of your code, your map. That's why it's it is very very helpful when we remember parts of ourselves where we awakened in other lives, because there are keys there to that code to bring us forward to become our true masters to become the creators. And we are being asked now to be the creators uh, and to create a new world and to create a world uh, free of the kind of suffering and war that we see. We're being asked to do that with our with our consciousness. That's where we're going. Yes. So what is your, your next book that you're going to be writing? Well, I've been writing this book um, on my life and uh, go about being a modern-day mystic. Um, it's a real, it's a humorous book, and it really tells the story of of the light coming to me as a child, um, growing up in Memphis during the civil rights movement, and um, what I experienced there with my mother, my mother having cancer. Uh, and all along these mystical experiences up until now, and I want to inspire people with my story about how when we are open to the spiritual wonderment, when we stay connected to that, that we really can transform our life. Um, we really can change course of our life. We we aren't a victim of fate. and But to change the course of one's life, we must connect with the magical power within and that magical power within rests in our soul and our soul is in the experience of the of the mystical yes bringing forth the masterships from other lifetimes being able to tap into it and bring it forward seems to be the place where a lot of our star seeds want to go right now that's right, and and there's a whole group of beings right now, and I love that you have gathered so many uh, star seeds. That really ready. It's your time now. It is your time. It is 12:05 for for all of you to come into your mastery of creation. And what I mean by that is when you become one with all that is when you find your code you find your mastery of who you are why did you say 1205 (laughs) because i'll tell you why because we've 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 come to 12 o'clock meaning in our sense of our destiny i used to say up until up until um you know we were at 2011 12 13 14 15 uh what the the uh, the message from the archangels to me was that 2015 was the year that we hit 12 o'clock, meaning that the this is the year where the light beings that w- it's our time. We're the soldiers. It's our time. Up until then, the the gates weren't as open, uh, but now the gates are open. And so I say 12:05, meaning um, we're going to save this world. We've we've got to. Uh, 
you know, we've got an hour left. <laughs> we all have to do our work. We have to be very serious about waking up, making our spirituality the most important thing in our life. It's not a hobby. It's not something to play with. It's serious because that's what's going to save our planet and save the bees. It's a time for a call to action. We have to come together. We have to put our differences aside, our ego aside, and remember that we are powerful, powerful creators made in the image of God, and we have creative powers. And what I was just going to say is that mastery is when you think a thought, you create a world. When you think a thought, you create a world. So to be a master of light, you must be in control of your thoughts. You must clear your thoughts and have thoughts of purpose and mastery. And because you are connected to the light, you are creating that in the world. You may not see it in front of you. It's not important. But I guarantee you it's felt on the other side of the planet. A child hears it. An old person here, someone in war hears it. You, your soul is the angel for somebody else. And that's why it's so important now that we all wake up because the star seeds, the people who, who know this, it's our time. Right. Our I time. wanted to tell you that when you said 1205, my, my birthday is December 5, which is 1205. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> That's just perfect. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so you're right here leading leading the charge. <laughs> <laughs> when you said that, I said, oh, my goodness, that's my birthday. I love it. That's beautiful. <laughs> hey, what, I have really enjoyed reading this book. And, in fact, I go back to it often. And You know, it's the kind of book that, well, what's my message for today? One, yes. two, three, open sesame. <laughs> and I... And I get the message for the day. It's that kind of book. It is that kind of book. This is a. I tell people this is a book of 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 the oracle or of prophecy. You can, if you have a question, just open the book Absolutely. with your eyes closed. Put your hand down. Put your finger on a sentence, and the, the message from the light will be there for you. So, what is your website, and how how can people order your book? Beautiful. Thank you. Well, it's very simple. You can go to bookofsurprises.com. That's bookofsurprises.com, and you can order it right there. Um, we also have a uh, an ebook with some videos that um, are really. It's a lot of fun and some really good information. It's a gift uh, to you. It's for free, right there. Um, and if you come and you sign up, I also give a free meditation on how to activate your affirmation uh, to manifest it in your life. Uh, and then you can also buy the book. It takes you to uh, our Amazon page. So we're on Amazon, and we are also in the bookstores, in all the fine bookstores and metaphysical bookstores. You can find us there. Um, I know people have been buying six copies. It's only 18.95. We made it 18.95. It's a $35 book, but we did that uh, because we're, we made it to give away. I mean, we're not making anything from the book. We just want people to have the book because of the the spirituality in it, and we wanted everyone to be able to afford it. Well, the, um, the colors, and, and I mean, it's this book absolutely would sell for 50 or $60 somewhere else. I mean, I've It absolutely like would. It is printed by the company that prints the Tarshan books. 
it's the number one um, printer of photography books in the world. They cut a deal with us to print them at a rock-bottom price because they believed in the message, and they said this book needs to get in the world, and they gave us a price that was unbelievable. They also said it was their favorite book in seven years that they've printed. They print any book that you see of National Geographic or of art. Uh, Paul McCartney publishes his book there. Uh, they have a, the, the Big Elvis book was printed there. Um, these books are all Tarshan books, and they said that this was their favorite book, and they made it so that we could print it and basically give it away, pass it forward, uh, because I'm we're just so committed to to bringing this knowledge so that every one of us can can awaken and live the the beautiful life that we're meant really to live. Well, this would be a perfect Christmas gift for anyone. Absolutely, yes, it will. Absolutely. Well, at mm-hmm. this time, I would like to pass you over to my co-host, Arielle. Okay. She has the switchboard. You'd, you'd be willing to talk to some people if they want to call in and talk to you. Absolutely. Love that. Okay. Well, it's been very wonderful talking to you, and I hope to talk to you again soon. I do, okay. too, and thank you so much. Bless to you and this wonderful work you're doing and the people you've gathered, and just the light of creation is shining on you, protecting you, and uplifting you as you do your good work. I'm honored to be here today. Thank you, Lavender. It's our honor to have you here. And any time that you have anything that we can help you with, don't hesitate to call on us. We'd be happy well, thank to pass you. Whatever information that you're carrying, we want to pass it on. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Back to you, Ariel. Okay. Well, um, at this time, we are going to open the switchboard for questions or comments. And Deirdre has said that she loves to talk to people. So if you just have a comment or if you have any kind of question, if you're already on the switchboard, then all you have to do is press 1. So we know you want to come on the air. If you are listening on your computer, then you pick up the phone and dial 917-889-8292. And then once you're in, press 1. And that process um, usually takes a few minutes. Um, I don't see I don't see anybody with a question right now this minute, but um, since this is our um, our last show before the holidays, um, I have a a three minute piece of music that I would like to play, and this is my my very favorite um, Christmas song. I think I mean I got a lot of favorites, but I think this one is at the top, and um, this is a song that I recorded. So this is my gift as we are waiting for um, callers to get through the process. So just sit back for three minutes and um, enjoy the music.
For listening, everyone, it's my my little Christmas gift. Um, since I've um, just love doing Christmas music, and I have this on our website as well. So if you want to get your own copy, you can do that. So we are still waiting to see if we have some people who have a question or comment for Deirdre. So remember, if you're already on the switchboard, all you need to do is press one. Um, even if you just want to say hi. Um, or if you are listening on your computer, then dial 917-889-8292. Of course, you have to dial 1 first. And then once you're in, press 1 so that we know you want to come on the air. And um, in the meantime, Deidre, I'd just like to ask you uh, a, a little bit more about as as you were growing up, the, the visions that you have had, has they've been going on for your whole life. Yes, right. Absolutely, and and they would go like in in a cycle, meaning there'd be this high intense period of visions, and then it would be furlough for a long time, and then the, the, another intense period of visions, and then it would be furlough for a long time. <laughs> and is this something that you kind of had to keep under wraps? I mean, obviously the the kids at school did they know about this? Oh no, I um. Well, I tell you what happened is when I was eight, um, I uh, I had it. Um, I overdosed on a bottle of of aspirin, and um, 
they they almost lost me or they thought they lost me. It was actually about seven and a half. And I left my body and I went to heaven and uh, I went into the light and I was uh, up there and I didn't know I had a mom. I didn't know I had a dad. I was just really happy. I was in the light. I was with the angels and then uh, I heard a voice <laughs> said it was God and God said, aren't you forgetting something? And I went, no. And God said, well, I want you to listen really hard. Tell me what you hear. And I go, okay. And I started listening and faint. I heard a faint call of my mother calling my name, very faint. And then um, I heard her crying. And then I said to God, I said, oh, no. Oh, wait, I know that voice. I don't know who it is. And God said, well, keep listening. And I listened. And then all of a sudden, I went, oh, my gosh, that's my mother. And then I went, oh, that's right. I was, you know, I had this body. I was on earth. And I went, oh, I forgot about that. Um, and God said, well, what do you want to do? And um, I said, it's my mother. She's in a lot of pain, and I've hurt her. I can't leave my mother. And I flew back. I just, I turned around, and I remember fly. I just flew through all light, 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 light. And then I went through this uh an opening, it was like a a circle, I went, and then I was in the hospital room, and I saw my body on this kind of gurney, and I had IV, and all the doctors around, and my mother was over my body, and everybody was crying, and I said, oh no, and I I flew back into my body, and when I hit my body, I remember it was painful, it hurt, it was like, What's this thing? It's it was it was like I oh. hit concrete. It was so painful. Um, and then I came to, and my mother was so, of course, overjoyed, and she was just overjoyed. And I remember the doctor saying, "Well, you know, we've never seen this before. Now this is, you know, this is over fifty years ago. So nobody talked about NED. I never even thought about it. Is that until recently when people started talking? I went, oh wait, well that yeah, that happened to me. Uh, I never thought about it. But when I came back, I really was surrounded by angels, and um, I said, well, I've got to teach everybody about heaven and about the angels because everyone needs to know that you don't really die. And I started teaching a class to my friends after school and they were so skeptical and cynical and and I'd say well don't you see we have the you know angel uh today is with us and the angel of the trees the flower, and they couldn't see the angel and so I wrote in my notebook I quit <laughs> they're not ready yet I'm not teaching them about the angels I have that book by the way oh my I wrote it in red crayon so, um, yeah, after that I quit teaching, <laughs> and I didn't start again until I was a grown woman, and I, except for sharing things with my mother, I just kept everything secret. <laughs> you know, that's probably a, a wise choice, yes. you know, because it's hard <laughs> enough hard enough doing the third dimension without, um, you know, your peer group uh, ridiculing right. or not accepting you, so mm-hmm. it was probably the best tactic to take. And did yes. your mother have visions? Was she psychic as well? She was very psychic, very intuitive. Um, she uh, didn't, you know, she told me about experiences she had when she was little, and my father, too. He had experiences when he was little. 
and he would tell me about them, but my father became a scientist, and with that he became an atheist. And so um, I, my whole life I would always challenge him on this. As a matter of fact, that's why I did not become a scientist. I actually wanted to be a scientist. Um, my parents had PhDs, my grandfather, everyone, and I was so upset with them because they were they they were not believing my experiences of God that I said, well, I could never become a scientist because um, I'd love to, but it I couldn't do it. And now, of course, I'm like, I wish I'd become a scientist, <laughs> but I just just uh, I I just rebelled. Um, but later in life, my father really came around and really opened up to an understanding of God and uh, we were very, very close. And and he did confide in me about these supernatural experiences he had when he was little. Um, My mother, when she got the cancer, she uh, really went into her spiritual practice very deeply and she studied the Tibetan Book of the Dead, and she studied the Bible and A Course in Miracles. We both studied together. Now, this was before anyone heard of A Course in Miracles. We had a copy because a gentleman was just with the woman who had channeled it, and he gave, she gave him a Xerox copy that was bound spiral, and he uh, left it at our house. He forgot it. <laughs> so oh. that's why we had one. He came back to town months later to take it back. <laughs> so we had it. <laughs> so um, we studied that, and we both started having many experiences of the light. And as I, she said in the beginning of the show, uh, my mother was given a year to live, and she lived 13 years. The doctor said there was no reason why she should live. They had no reason. They could not explain why she was alive. Um, but the light kept her alive, and we really were on a spiritual journey together. Um, when she did pass away, uh, she told me she wanted to leave, and I said, "Great, I, I get, I understand, and thank you for staying as long as you have." And uh, she went into the light. I saw her leave. I saw her spirit leave her body, and as, the minute she left her body, it was sunrise. It started to snow, and. Uh, and then three days later, she appeared to me um, in front of me. I saw the veil open, and she came through the veil. It was like an aperture of a camera. And the aperture wow. just grew open, and she flew in. as light. And then she was standing in front of me. She had long hair. Uh, it had... Um, because she had done so much chemo, her hair, you know, had fallen out. But she'd always had long hair her whole life. She had long hair in her braid. It was all white. And she was all in white. And she wore, like, a white buckskin. And she looked Native American. Um, and she said, uh, I want you to know that um, I'm in a very good place. I'm not dead. And uh, I'm very happy. And I wanted to tell you that so you would be in peace and, and know that I'm I'm well. And she said, take care of your brothers and your father for me. Uh, and she said, I'm going to have to go away. I'm going to have to go to a very far away. I've got work to do in other universes. But I'll be back. I promise I'll be back. And when I'm back, you'll know. <laughs> and uh, that's what happened. Wow. Wow. What a great story. 
So um, tell us about the, 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 the work and the teaching that you do. <clears throat> do you have um, speaking engagements? Uh, do you do classes, workshops, all of the above? Yes, I do. Uh, I have um, done many, many retreats where I will uh, bring in the light. We, I do what they call the journey work. We go on journeys into these inner dimensions of creation, uh, the amethyst caves inside the earth, the the halls of illumination, the, the retreat centers of the ascended masters. Um, very, very powerful uh, transforming retreats where we do deep, deep healing work to heal our DNA, our ancestry, um, and also heal our world. Um, I also uh, have been teaching a weekly class. It's a, um, a, a, a mystery school. Um, I've been doing that for years and years, and we, we, I stopped um, doing the retreats and the um, mystery school open, you know, for, for people to come into. I had stopped that for about three years. God told me to take a hiatus and to spend time healing myself. But a group of my students, because they have these volumes and volumes of work, um, ranging from the Tree of Life to the the 12 Pyramids of Ascension, Sacred Masculine, Sacred Feminine, um, you know, how to how to clear your energy field, the energy field of your house. You know, it's all working with the light. They start. Have, they teach this class. Um, but I am now with the book going to be offering uh, new classes. I'm coming. God has said, okay, go back out. So I'm going to be having new classes, new courses. And please, anyone, just email me. And um, when I have those offerings, I would love to, to share that with you. And people can just check on your website for um, announcements or uh, contact info? You're right. Just come to my website. There's a sign-up for a newsletter. Um, I always give you a free meditation. Uh, my website's deirdrehade.com. That's D-E-I-R-D-R-E-H-A-D-E.com. Uh, you can also go to bookofsurprises.com. You also, when you uh, sign up there, you get a free meditation. And know this, the meditations I teach, that I don't do meditations like, you know, watch your breath, say a mantra. Those are beautiful. I think everyone should do those. But enough people are teaching those. There are great teachers for meditation like that. Um, God has asked me to do healing work. And the all the, the work I do, I call it a journey, because it's an energetic experience, an ex- experience of divine energy to for healing. Uh, and that, that really is the work that my heart of hearts is to heal, heal so you don't have to suffer, so you can find answers. Um, and I send those out. I send out my, my prayers that also are very powerful messages from the divine. Um, and that would love to uh, love to be in touch with whoever feels that call. I'm I'm here for you. Well, that's just wonderful. Mm. So we do encourage people to um, check out all the things that you have uh, to offer, especially um, the little book of surprises. Um, I have mm. I've only seen a couple of pages. I don't actually have the book, 
but I think it's a wonderful thing for um, from you know as Lavendar was explaining and, and pointing out that uh, a book that's coded like that, mm. uh, you know, it it <laughs> it's just not ever going to wear out. Right. So, <laughs> that's yeah. true. That's I'm so true. Glad that you've done this. Thank so, you. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of people listen to our show um, mm-hmm. in the archives. So um, if you are listening after the fact, you know, throughout the week, please make sure you go to um, Deirdre's website and get on the mailing list, uh, get the newsletter, pick up a copy of the book, and just explore. I, I know that that you and and Will are on it. We are so glad that you are on the planet and doing what you do. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate so, that. Um, is there anything else that you would like to say before we wrap up? Just, I just want to say thank you for having this platform uh, for all of us to come together. I say in the book, it's time to gather. I mean, this is really coming from the highest source. It is time to gather. It's time to find one another. It's time to heal. And as we come together as light workers. Is people who even if you if you just wonder like gee do I do I am I a light worker do I have something to offer that means you do <laughs> you absolutely do it just means that it's it's your secret and I want to encourage everyone to bring their secret into the world bring your light uh, and to come together because now we're all needed it's time for us to be together so thank you for including me in your community. Um, I'm so happy to be here. Well, it's been a pleasure having you on the show, and uh, we're in total support of the work that you do. And anytime Thank that you. you have anything else that you want to um, impart, just you know, contact Lavendar, and she'll set it up for you to come back. We would love to talk to you again. Well, thank you so much. I promise to do that. Thank you. Well, excellent. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Well, Deirdre, um, we want to wish you the happiest, warmest holidays filled with light, goodwill, peace on earth, and um, all the comfort and joy you can stand. (laughs) Thank you. You too. Thank you so So much. Have have a great holiday. And um, from all of us here at Starseed Radio Academy, Mm -hmm. wishing you the, the light of the season and let it live on throughout the next year. So happy holidays, everyone, and please remember to count your blessings every day. So happy holidays, and we'll see you uh, January 3rd. We'll be back. Until then, be good to each other. Good night, everyone. been listening to Starseed Radio Academy. Visit our website at www.starseedhotline.com.
Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.